Welcome to church today, especially to those 50 people who are in each one of our campus, the fortunate few. One of the first groups of people allowed back into churches this Sunday. Congratulations. Give yourselves a big cheer this morning, wherever you are. This week, watching the news and seeing the tragedy of events unfolding in America. It's been heartbreaking. I want to read to you a scripture to start off a point that I want to make before I go into our message this morning. Proverbs 31 verses 8 and 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. God hates injustice. As the church, we have an opportunity to address the injustice of racism within ourselves and in our broader community. Black lives matter. Indian lives matter. Chinese lives matter. Indigenous lives matter. Broken lives matter. We, as the church, have a responsibility to engage in the process of reconciliation reconciled with God and reconciled with one another. It's not enough to be silent. It's not enough just to be a critic as well. We must be part of the process. This week we've placed up on the Hope You See YouTube channel the interview that I did with Peter Gibbs last year at our NADOC week. Peter is a great Indigenous leader in our nation. And I, I just so want everybody to hear his story and the journey that he himself has been on. And I pray that this week that we do whatever we can to be part of the process of reconciliation. Well, it's my opportunity again to bring another message about resilience, focusing on a character in the Bible, the character of Joseph. And we'll look at how resilience enabled Joseph to come through every challenge with victory and with dignity. Let me read to you the starting point in the scriptures where we encounter Joseph for the very first time. It's in Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 to 11. It says this, One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. The risk of having a dream. Joseph was given 
a God dream regarding his leadership and his influence. Joseph shared the dream that God gave him and it aroused opposition. I can tell you that when you share your dream, your resilience will be tested. Joseph went on to fulfill this dream, which also, by the way, saved the lives of his brother, saved the lives of his father and also countless nations. But we need to remember that there is a moment that we must stop in being silent. It could have, Joseph could have withheld that dream from everywhere, whether he was wise or not, that's another whole subject, but he told people the dream that God had given him. There'll always be critics when you share your dream. You might ask this morning, I asked myself when I was thinking about this situation, well, what is a critic? It's someone who's not willing to be part of the change. The irony is those brothers could have gone on an amazing journey with Joseph, but instead they opposed the dream. They shouted down the dream and they weren't part of the change that God was trying to bring Joseph into. I dislike it immensely when people tell me what other people should do. Statements like, well, the government should be doing this, or the church should be doing this, or such and such individual should be doing something. The real question today, the real question I want you to focus in on is, what part of change are you? What part of change am I? We've got to participate in change, not just shout about it in our social media platforms or shout about it angrily somewhere else. Do something to be part of the change. Joseph finds fulfilment in his dream. The, the way that he finds fulfilment in his dream is by interpreting the dreams of a king. Last week, we spoke about the Holy Spirit is in us for ourselves, but the Holy Spirit is on us to help other people. Helping other people, that's a way to engage in a process rather than shouting about it or, or, or spewing hatred about a problem. Joseph comes straight from the prison to the palace, which ends up fulfilling the dream that he had long ago. God takes all of the sinful actions of his brothers, all of the attitudes and the tragedies that were in Joseph's life and weaves them beautifully into a tapestry of redemption for Jacob and his family, but also for the nations all around them. People benefited from Joseph's resilience. Let's read in Genesis chapter 41, the next part of this story. We can't go into all of the detail today, but again, on YouTube, we have all of these uh, great teachers and preachers speaking on these topics of resilience in much greater detail. Genesis 41, verses 15 and 16. Joseph finds himself by a whole long journey, being overlooked, um, being hidden away, being in isolation and actually then ends up being thrust up into the palace. Verse 15 goes like this. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that you that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond, listen to Joseph's response. It is beyond my power to do this. 
but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Standing in front of the king, being transported from the prison to the palace, Joseph is under pressure. Pressure to give the Pharaoh what he needs. Stressful moments are critical for growth. No stress, no growth. Without them, resilience can't grow. You cannot grow in your res resilience without being thrust into, not by design, often by accident, that we find ourselves in stressful moments. Resilience always partners with the process of pressure. Many preachers have said this, but simply you cannot have a testimony without a test. Followers of Christ, disciples of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus, we are called to do life every day with the mind of Christ and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Frustrations come when we search for meaning that cannot be provided by human wisdom, but can only come from a divine source. We are fools if we can think that we can overcome our current dilemmas with our current wisdom. Pharaoh's dream poses big questions in understanding how God works. Simply put, God is speaking and warning Pharaoh. God wants to save lives, not destroy them, but he does warn of the challenges ahead. God positions Joseph to be the human interface between heaven and earth, to be the rescuer of Egypt and all of the nations surrounding them. Clearly a type and shadow of Jesus yet to come. Without Joseph doing what he was called to do, many people would have starved to death because only Joseph was the one who could interpret Pharaoh's dream. God can still the storm, yes, and yet sometimes he desires to take us through it, making us stronger, making us more resilient. Joseph faced the test of time. I'm sure Joseph would have loved that story to be redeemed straight after him coming out of the well, but instead he had to go to Potiphar's house. He had to be accused of things that he didn't do. He was in prison and interpreted dreams there. He was left behind, people forgot about him. We've got to be careful not to focus on instant outcomes. Resilience takes time. Resilience always partners with process. One of the great attributes of Joseph in this stressful situation, standing in front of Pharaoh, walking out of prison, standing in the palace with the journeys that he'd been on and the tests that he had endured, was that Joseph still was able to um, suggest a plan for the coming disaster. Pharaoh then recognises the favour of God on Joseph, a foreign slave who'd been brought out of prison, probably brushed up and scrubbed up to meet the standards of the palace. But see, the great thing about Joseph is that he sees things differently. One of the tests of resilience is actually being in isolation, being in the pit 
of isolation, being in the prison of isolation, dare I say, being in the palace of isolation. In Genesis 41, let me read these couple of verses to you. This is the interaction between Pharaoh and Joseph. It goes like this, that Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. See, Pharaoh admired some things about Joseph. I mean, one of those things that Pharaoh saw was the spirit of the man. He had a clear sense that this spirit was that he was favoured from God. And that favour was on him. It was evident to everybody that he clearly stood out, that he was a person of difference, that it was clear. Oh God, I pray that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, apprentices, of Jesus Christ, that we would be so standing out from the crowd. Not because we wanna stand out because we're wearing special clothes or, 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 or um, wore some fancy uniform, but that we actually, because of the spirit that was on us, that it was obvious to everyone around us. Lord, let us be more and more like that. One of the other qualities that Pharaoh saw was the gift of discernment that Joseph portrayed is that not only did he have the ability to see what was happening, I mean, he was trying to resolve the tension and the frustration that Pharaoh had a dream and he didn't know what it meant, but he was able to interpret the, understand, the meaning of that dream, that he could actually apply an understanding that no one else could actually put together. Fundamentally, Joseph could see the hidden things in the reality of what was going on. One of the other things that I believe Pharaoh saw on Joseph was that Joseph had wisdom. Joseph could apply that insight and understand how to make a plan that was also achievable. The obvious thing that would have been on Joseph's life would have been his leadership. He had the, obviously he had the ability to implement and facilitate the vision of Pharaoh, but he clearly had the capacity to make a plan and to manage the plan. See, people don't just serve a vision, they believe in a vision, but they do serve a plan. Joseph's own dream caused him much grief and trouble. He describes in chapter 41 that when he goes to name his son, that he, he says that I've named him in a, in a name that says, I want to forget all my troubles. I want to forget all of my, my family history because it's caused me so much grief and pain. See, Joseph, it wasn't his ability to have the dream that actually helped him on his journey of resilience. It was his willingness to use his gift in interpreting other people's dreams that led to his elevation in life and also his sense of fulfillment. A great inspirational author that I admire, a guy called Zig Ziglar, he says it this way, this way, we can get everything we want in life by just helping enough other people get what they want. Joseph is that example. Here he is in prison, slavery, for the sake of his dream. Yet he was happily willing to interpret the dreams of other people. He could have withheld. 
He could have actually been angry and showed bitterness and resentment to all of his family members, but still in the midst of this period of isolation in his life, he was willing to gift the gift that he had serving other people. He knows ultimately that he's not the real interpreter of the dreams anyway, that it's the Holy Spirit that's on him, the one that we call counsellor, the one that we call comforter. This is where he was getting his inspiration from, the one that comes alongside our faith and our actions with the wisdom and insight that can only be supernatural. Oh, that we would all be more like Jesus. In him are all the treasures, all the wisdom, all the righteousness. Let's help other people with their dreams, please. Joseph's dream and his response had ramifications for his whole family, for the nations, for that uh, nation of Egypt, but not only that, but this family over the generations was ends up becoming the family line of Jesus. Jesus Christ creates and brings to planet Earth the message of grace. Why? So that you and I, undeserving as we are, can be added into the family of God. Can I challenge you this morning as you consider where you sit in God's family? You might see yourself way out in the family tree. Can I ask you to consider this morning to come in close? The starting point for that closeness is just simply praying and saying, God, I want to be in your family. I, I, I turn around for living for myself and I now live a life of service to God and to other people. It starts with a prayer on the bottom of your screen there. It'll say, lift your hand. I'll encourage you to click that button, but just don't click that button, but actually go to the detail where you fill in your details and we would love to have someone pray for you right there online at this moment. It'll be the best decision of your life. Maybe you did make this decision a long time ago can I encourage you today that you actually refresh and reset your life, that you actually reorientate how you live, not for yourself, not even for those couple immediate people beyond you, but you live for God and for all fellow men and women and children, broken. They all need to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you this morning. Holy Spirit, you know where people are. You know their hearts, their location. Lord, draw them to yourself. Draw them into the family that you love and that we love. Lord, I pray that as people are holding and nestling those dreams that you've placed in their hearts, Lord, that they would risk sharing that with somebody else. Lord, that they would grow in their resilience and get stronger and stronger. Let their faith be about service to other people, I pray. Let their lives be transformed. Let them be bigger than they could ever dream by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you, God bless you. 
Austin is now going to speak to us about our giving. See you soon.